Well, we did it. What did we do? We finished two books this year. <laughs> or in a year. And one of them, the second one, was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Wait, what was the first one? I don't know if you ever heard of this book, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Do you remember reading it? Early? The way you said that was really, really, really weird. <laughs> I finished a lot of books in the past 365 days. This is the only book I think I've finished this year so far. This was not a great story. I'm talking about within the last year, not this year in 2020. Yeah, I know. But I was talking about 2020. We're doing great. Guys, this is the end of book two for us. This is actually basic snitches. Yes. And we're talking about book two of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. What's your name? Oh, bitch is busy eating a popsicle, so he wants me to go first. That's a weird fucking name. My name is Tara, and I'm a fucking rock star. And that's Adam, and he's eating a popsicle. <laughs> I can introduce myself. Thank you, baby. I was, I was just being nice. It's like My introducing you. My name is you. Tired, and I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We read the book. We did it. We talked about it. We did everything. And now we're here to talk about all that. This is the recap of The Chamber of Secrets. So this is our book wrap-up. And before we wrap up the book, we're going to talk a little bit about chapter 18. Because I got to tell you who the winner and loser is. Which Mm -hmm. is so fucking easy. Like, I don't even have to use my brain at all. Why do you try to take over my winner loser? Gwen Pomfrey wins everything. I'm going to give all your people points. Okay. Why are you guys doing my thing? I'm just going to start being like, Hagrid gets 643 points just for being Hagrid. I have an Excel file. You better add that on whatever there. Whatever is an Excel file is law. Okay, well, whatever I say about my winner and loser is law, so stop hijacking my winner and loser. Okay. Okay. Uh, listen, Quentin Pomfrey is great. <laughs> you know I'm never going to not do that. Yes, I love being interrupted. <laughs> How's that popsicle? <laughs> It's good. I'm chewing on the stick. <laughs> Welcome, friends. This is who we are. So, if, in case you cared, but you probably figured it out already. They've tuned out. They stopped listening. Yeah, because my voice is back. You should do this by yourself. No, you're better never, than ever, this. ever fucking again. He's wonderful. Tell him how good he did don't one of those tell two me, chapters. Don't tell me nothing. Give me gifts. Also, give him gifts. That's my love language. He likes Sambuca. Actually, my love language is technically, like, saying nice things about me. But I'll accept gifts, too. I just told them that, and you were like, no, give me gifts. Like, fucking make up your mind. Truly, my love language is, I might like it when people say nice things about me. Okay. But you guys don't, like, love, love me. So I'll accept they gifts They do. You. Whatever you do, don't touch me. Okay. That is not in my love language. You touch my me. love language is tacos. That's not one of the five ones, but I'll accept that answer. I don't really believe in the The winner of this is... chapter is tacos. Tacos. <laughs> Did you guys know that, that there's a taco... On the Mass Singer this upcoming season, <laughs> there's no way it's not Tara. It's a bit on the nose because the first two letters of her first name are T-A and the first two letters of her last name are C-O. That's right. The bitch loves tacos. That was my signing name when I worked at the Homewood. It oh, was le- legitimately taco. By this point, when this actually goes out and is published, the taco may have been unmasked. You'll see. It was Tara Corkery. But right now, I'm here to educate you about The Masked Singer, and Tara's on it. And I'm here to educate you on my Finally. solicited <laughs> opinion of Chapter 18 of The Winner and Lucy. We got here again. Good, good job. <laughs> what is it? Who won? I mean, it's so fucking easy. Lucius Malfoy fucking loses. 
Although his hair is a good candidate for winner. Himself, he loses. And then Harry wins. Between how he handles Ginny, like trying to not implicate Ginny and his careful way of navigating that. Also his bravery of telling Dumbledore finally what's on his mind. Like Dumbledore really has not given him a reason to trust him yet. So I think that that's also worth noting. And then of course, Freeing Dobby. I would even go so far to say that wasn't necessarily bravery, but vulnerability. Oh, yeah, which yeah. Which takes bravery because it's not always easy. It's never easy. I shouldn't say it's not always easy. Being vulnerable is a very difficult and brave thing to do. I like that. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. So, yeah, so now let's get on to just talking about book eight. Book, wow. Book two. Big, book 18. I was going to say book eight, but. <laughs> I'm going to write book eight. Harry Potter and the bottle of vodka that you finished off three episodes ago. That's what it's called. So why Harry does not drink vodka. <laughs> oh no, he goes straight for tequila. He's a hard ass. Poor Harry. Okay. What, what question you got for me? So um, what was your favorite chapter in the book and why? I honestly think my favorite chapter is probably the Dueling Club. Okay. There's so much that happens in it. It's a huge, huge chapter. There's a lot of things we that we learn in it. There's the whole parcel tongue moment. There's a lot of character work. Things get a little bit more dire. Yeah, I, I think probably the Dueling Club is what I would have okay. to pick. My second favorite, I was going to say, is the Death Day Party. Okay. Because it gives us a little bit more of like a different perspective and stuff too. And it's so different than anything else that we see. This whole read-through again I had a new appreciation for a lot of different chapters going back through and kind of remembering the chronological sequence of the book I kind of surprised myself and was like oh yeah that happens oh yeah this happens there's so much that was kind of pushed in there so it's difficult I think this one was a much more difficult task to pick a favorite chapter for see I completely feel the opposite way Okay. My favorite chapter in the book is the Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets is also I, great. I mean, I think the Heir of Slytherin as like a good follow-up is a good chapter, but the Chamber of Secrets and just like the way that they navigate through learning the answers, you know, and Harry and Ron go into the teacher's lounge because they're like, we're going to tell them what we know and their choice to do that. And then, you know, watching how that chapter unfolds and seeing kind of like that insider view of how the teachers are working and everything. And then Harry and Ron taking the initiative to go to Lockhart and being like, well, we're going to try to help you however we can. And then seeing how that turns on them and as intense as the the next chapter is this chapter setting it up really I think is such a beautiful chapter to me those two chapters go hand in hand mm -hmm. but I want to say the chamber of secrets you kind of get like this last bit of time with all these people before Harry basically walks into like doom you see the vulnerability of the teachers and you see the initiative of the boys and you see the determination of them. And I just, I really, really find that to be my favorite chapter cool. in the book. Hey, that was your favorite chapter and you weren't even here to record it. <clears throat> I know. But now you can just re-listen to it over and over again. Remember the five moments of reading that chapter while listening to my dulcet tones. Yes, yeah, see, because you did a great job, right, Phone everybody? Yeah, whatever. Don't think that you're ever going to get out of that again. If the next time you're sick and you can't do this, we are waiting. I will have to, like, break my schedule. Yeah, listen, the things you do for a schedule. Berkeley's going to drink your water. Okay. I should have my water with you, Berkeley. Okay. She, she's like, fine, whatever, do it. I will share it. my water with you, you beautiful creature. Oh my gosh, she just... She, a pillow fell on her. A pillow just fell on her. She's okay. So who is your favorite and least favorite new character? 
from the Chamber of Secrets because there's quite a bit. I really had to think about it. And so my choices here have a lot to do with just like portrayal and just how they fit into the story. So you're going to not actually like my answers. My least favorite new character is Sir whatever Podmore oh my God. fucking asshole. Here's why I'm choosing him, because every other character that fucking pisses me off in this book exists later, and I have other reasons to just dislike them later. I will go back to the Death, Death Day, Day Party, Sir pa Podmore bullshit asshole. I, <laughs> I just, ah, uh, I hate him. I was like, you've been dead for how many years and you still be in a asshole teenager like oh uh, like i fucking hate him but as far as like brand new to the book that i we won't get to interact with later like this is our only one i was like this is my chance to hate on him one last time yeah this is an interesting response but my favorite character introduced in this book is lucius malfoy i hate lucius malfoy he's a dick i find him so fascinating and i'm always excited to see what fucking happens with him next because i think in contrast to voldemort and other villains we meet later he's so predictably terrible and i find that fascinating and just like a nice little reminder of where draco comes from yeah i really appreciate just what he adds to the story if i'm not allowed to choose one from book one because otherwise it would be pomfrey or sprout but they're in book one they just don't get yeah. time yeah. so well my choice is absolutely lucius malfoy wow i'm gonna go a lot more service level mm -hmm. my least favorite y'all <clears throat> know it's gilderoy fuck that guy my favorite like you just said because all the quens were already in first book molly and pomfrey and sprout my favorite is another quen moaning myrtle yes you love moaning myrtle i love moaning myrtle she's kind of a bitch but what can i say bitches supporting bitches that's what I've, we're talking well, about there's here. that so yeah i mean fox is up there too i love 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 me some fox <laughs> There's just something so quirky and fun about Myrtle that I really I do really love enjoy. Fox. I appreciate all these new characters. I loved a little bit of time we get with the Hufflepuffs. Yeah. This is your first real introduction to Ernie McMillan, who is my favorite Hufflepuff. Yeah. But I have more to say about them in these next In these questions. other... Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So next question is, what is your favorite quote from the book? I have two. I actually so. have two, too. So okay. I was going to go the route about what Dumbledore says about choices, but I chose one serious and one funny. My serious one is what Oliver Wood says during the one Quidditch match about they may have nice brooms, but we got better people. I love that. That's not the exact quote, but, but yeah, the sentiment is there. I think that was a great moment of leadership for him. And my funny quote is during the dueling club. When <laughs> Gilderoy is like, do what I do. And Harry says, what? Drop my wand. Oh my God. I fucking love sassy Harry. It's yep. one of the best things ever. Yep. Those are definitely my two favorites, I think. So both of mine are a little amusing. The first one is in the office after the whole ordeal in Chamber of Secrets. when it's just Dumbledore and Harry and Ron and Lockhart, who no one gives a shit about. Dumbledore is like... I know I said that y'all should have been expelled if you broke any more rules, but the best of us sometimes must eat our words or something like that. It's more what the quote means is like the Dumbledore being he like, mistakes. yeah, and him acknowledging he makes mistakes is not a thing that happens really much in the books outside of him being like, oh, I made mistakes with Harry. This is not just about Harry. This is about Harry and Ron. This is about a situation that's outside of his plan and his purpose for Harry. So I really love that quote. My other favorite quote is Ron 
that's what Hermione does when in doubt go to the library. Oh yeah. While you're like, oh that's an amusing quote and it's great. It's really important, again, that's why I fucking hate the end of the movie. <laughs> it's really important to remember that these three kids they are intertwined with each other. While you're like, oh, that's funny that Ron says that. While well, he knows her. He knows her so well. Yeah. I don't know, like, just the way that it's written and where it sits in the book and, and whatever, like, it's just such a natural thing. I find that so stirring, I suppose, that you have that connection with Ron and Hermione. And also, Hermione is petrified for, like, five chapters. There are a couple chapters that focus so much on Harry that you don't get a lot of Ron and Hermione. So just having that quote about yeah. her, she's like the unsung hero of figuring the fuck everything out. This is such a good book for Hermione in a non-flashy way where like the next book is a very good book for Hermione in a very flashy oh, way. Oh yeah. That's you know, like it's where she comes from and like she's very present. There are times when people will say something about me. It's not really an absumptuous thing to say. It's really is something that is very true to my personality. Like when people talk about me being super analytical and kind of like a numbers nerd even. Uh -huh. like I was never into math in school, but now as an adult, I'm like really into like the numbers and formulas and all that fun stuff. There are times when like someone at work will be like, oh my gosh, Adam is such the organized number person. Or when people just talk about me being organized in general, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I like that. Like whether they meant I was being a neat freak or not, I don't know. It's like an appreciation for that part of my personality. Having someone recognize a trait in you that hmm. makes you go, oh, well, thank you. I think that that's really important. And that's why I love this thing about Hermione so much is like, if you were to say it to Hermione, she'd be like, that's just what I fucking do. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And like, that's just what you do. You're like, I'm an organized person. When someone compliments you on it, you're like, cool, thanks. That doesn't change who you are. No. You know? And I think that it's that's really kind of a beautiful way to live your life. It's nice when people like recognize certain things about you that make you special i think i just try to be a nice person i'm yeah. sometimes a nice person that's well, the end of my <laughs> i mean i even think like this bitch tara went out and got me a weighted blanket without me even knowing about it oh. even though i was looking for it and it made such a huge difference to me like that she was thinking about those things also those aren't cheap so yeah i don't know thank you for the blanket and thank you for being a bad you. bitch i tried we all are bad bitches we were just talking about how kind of like life in general has been the basilisk <laughs> but we are overcoming the basilisk in our own i got my sword of gryffindor i have survived the last 24 I hours i have one of those it's okay. I will protect you with my oh, sword thanks. of gryffindor i am i just a you have to drive because i don't have a car oh yeah <laughs> Cool. I'm gonna go get my Fort Anglia and we're gonna go <laughs> kill some hoes. We was in a basement with a stink, so that's how deep we are. That's right. Okay, what is one thing that you wish would have been in the movie that wasn't there? Ideally from the books, not just in general. Like You can't just be like, I wish I was in the movie. Oh, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. Thanks. Sure. Who do you want to play? <laughs> Dobby? Obviously. I'm gonna be Quinn Promfrey. Oh my god, that wasn't question. Thing from the, <laughs> thing from the book. I really struggle with this question because I really think this is the last movie, sorry guys, that does a really good job of telling the story. Other than me hating the fucking end of the movie, if you just chop that off, then it's fine. I will say I really would have enjoyed Get Your Fucking Counter Ready. I really would have enjoyed some more fucking Neville in the movie. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Here's the thing is like he doesn't actually necessarily have much of a story arc in this book, but it's so important to like 
keep that shit in the foreground. Also, I kind of would have liked Valentine's Day. Ew! I wanted the Ginny moment. I oh wanted. I God. want her... Everything Ginny does in the movie is just, like, look terrified and then get kidnapped. So, yeah. really, and I think Valentine's Day is kind of the only place that you could add from the book that could give her something else to do other yeah. than look terrified That's and fair. get kidnapped. So. I think my <coughs> moment that I really want to keep is a lot of those Hufflepuff moments that were cut. And we know that they produced mm-hmm. them. They were Agreed. In the deleted scenes. The whole stuff with Ernie and Hannah and kind of the discussion that they had around the petrification of Jay Finch. And the number one thing that like really pissed me off other than I agree the ending is bullshit is when the snake kind of rears up and goes kind of after Jay Finch. Like in the book it just kind of slumps there and is like I'm cool. I wish that they had stayed true to the book in that moment because it really changes the intent there. The, the movie really does make it look like Harry is sicking the snake, is sicking the snake on him yeah. which is not very fair because so that ain't the plot. Everything else that we've talked about that is cut is cut because of a sequence of events that causes it to be cut. Like a lot of the death today stuff and what leads up to that and kind of the whole quick spell thing. I mean, there's filch, there's things with like ghosts being removed from the movies, etc. Like it all kind of makes sense when you put it all together. But the Hufflepuff stuff really added more to it and gave more screen time to Hufflepuffs, which we could always use. I think it's really important to just make sure that we are focusing on the other houses. One, I'd like to focus on Slytherin in a not negative way, at least once, you know, and I'd like to see more from Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw just to balance it out. And hell, lately I'd like to see Ravenclaw also not reflected in a negative moment because we got a lot of Ravenclaw dicks up in there. Like fucking Penelope Clearwater being like, "Mm, our coming room, excuse me, I'm a fucking Ravenclaw. Like that, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about Kildare Lockhart. But well, him and Quirrell and yeah. Naughty Pe- Penelope isn't Penelope great being either. a sassy bitch. Like you, you a fucking prefect. You gotta help kids. Like, does Ravenclaw even fucking exist in the movies? They really don't. Not until Cho Chang comes around. Right. They don't even care that she's a fucking Ravenclaw in the movies. They just are like, oh, there's a girl. Love interest. What is your favorite thing about the movie? There are so many beautiful architecture shots of the whole castle. I mean, that is one great thing about the ending and how it kind of pans out of the room and you see the beautiful exterior. There are shots of the inside of the bathroom and the inside of the hallways. Just in general, I think the shots of architecture, and this is both in the movie and in the book, but the whole mystery feel of it. You touched on both of the main elements that make it a mystery. The red herring element, the sleuthing and coming up with the clues element, even kind of more like the whodunit aspect to it. Like Mm -hmm. this whole book we've talked about, you know, it could be Hagrid, could it be Gilderoy Lockhart, could it have been Percy, could it have been the Malfoys, you know? I like both of those aspects. What about you? I really love the sequence in the Chamber of Secrets in the movie. Shockingly, I'm okay with by missing a lot of the extra exposition from Tom Riddle there. Like there's some that's definitely missing. But as far as the sequence of the snake being murdered by Harry and the sequence of events between the snake's death and Harry destroying the diary. And I would said like that the movie kind of got it backwards with when Fox does the healing tears. I actually find the movie to be more suspenseful. suspenseful. And I really like that. I also think the Chamber of Secrets just looks fucking cool. Like, I want to go there. And just, like, chill. I think it's cool. I want to explore stuff like that. Like, if I went to Hogwarts... Without the basilisk there. Yeah. Listen, with the basilisk... Or is the basilisk not scary like Fluffy? 
I mean, he's pretty scary because he could kill you with his eyes. Fuck, marry, kill. Fluffy Aragog Basilisk. Go. Oh, shit. Well, I would marry Aragog and I would... <laughs> I would marry You're Aragog. Gonna fuck Fluffy? Because I know that's going to yeah. be your answer. <laughs> uh, maybe I would fuck Aragog and marry Fluffy. Probably, but the Basilisk, Ooh. sorry, gotta die. <laughs> then you're going to have a big old spider puss. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I would kill Aragog. Fuck or marry. Yeah, I kind of feel maybe I would kill Aragog. I would kill Aragog. Sorry about it, Hagrid. And then I would probably marry Fluffy. And I would fuck a snake. Fuck that snake. I I kind of, yeah. Snakes fucking snakes. I kind of think that I'm leaning that direction as well. Wow, thanks for copying my answers. Yep. I copied your answers. What's the next question? You made it very. Oh, no, it's me. Yeah, you, like, you sold me on that answer. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so next question. Even in the first book, we were talking about growth from his humble beginnings with the Dursleys and stuff. And in this book, we tend to see more and more and more of it. And yeah, what you got to say about that? Like, where do you see the growth in the characters in this book? Well, I'm just going to focus on the trio. I would say that Hermione does the least amount of growing because she grows so much in the first book from the beginning to the end. I don't think that there's very far for her to go at this point. I think there's a huge growth for her in the next book. The person I think that does the most growing in this book is Ron. Ron Weasley. I knew it. Here's like, I know, I fucking love Ron. I get really frustrated when people want to shit all over Ron. Like he deserves it sometimes, but sometimes I think that it gets a little rough. You see Ron literally on both ends of the spectrum in this book. He fucks up real hard at the beginning of the book. The first thing he does in the book is literally like, I'm going to go rescue my best friend from probable child abuse which is pretty ballsy to do that we know molly weasley she don't fuck around and her boys doing this bullshit he clearly is not concerned about the repercussions of doing this and then they do the stupid bullshit where they're like we're gonna drive this car to school which is really fucking stupid but then like throughout the book you really watch ron you see how him having the broken wand affects him but also there are points where he's like well i shouldn't do that because my wand is broken Mm -hmm. versus times in the book where he does things and doesn't think about his wand being broken because he's reactionary obviously one of the big moments of the book is when ron faces this terrifying fear of spiders something that could probably cause emotional paralysis and he does it because that's how he gets answers to help save his friend which is why i fucking hate the end of the movie because i was like you see this person go through all this and now we're gonna have an awkward handshake do you hate the end of the movie have you met me it wasn't very clear i try to be clear i'm sorry that i wasn't clear i try to be sarcastic and i succeed you are very good at it instead of just like breaking down and just being kind of like a mess and being like i don't know what to do he is very active in the rescue of his sister obviously had he not been trapped behind with Lockshart, he would have gone ahead with Harry. That would have been fucking badass, those two. Well, but then again, there's a lot more room perhaps for collateral damage. That's true. And then I'll talk real quick about Harry. I think that just overall, you just see more of Harry's willingness to be like, this is what it is. I will do what's necessary. I don't think I took away a lot of points at all from him. All of them. All three of them. And I think you said everything pretty well. Like you said, in terms of things where they recognize that they're a trio and the bond between them grows, I think that's the only thing. Oh my god, yes. Yes, thank you for saying that. Sure. You're 100% correct on that. Next question. Did this read through 
make you feel different about Chamber of Secrets? Oh my god, like, I think it's very clear. I, I think for both of us, like, this read-through really gave me a new uh, appreciation. I mean, tr really trying to read through and look a little bit more deeper into how these characters are feeling and how it impacts things for future books. Everything. It was such a huge growth from the last, speaking of growth, the last few times that I've read this. And even watching the movie, there were things that I noticed that I was kind of surprised about. I mean, I think of Mosog being like a major thing that I was like, oh my god, that's a trivia question, you know? Short answer, yes. It gave me a completely new appreciation for the book. I agree. Coming into this whole project, I was like, I don't really want to choose a favorite book or at least favorite book or whatever. And this is nine tenths out of 10, everyone's least favorite book. I feel like this book gets shit on so much and I think there's so much in it. And rereading it this time, doing it chapter by chapter, really analyzing it, I was like, yes. I loved also being able to kind of focus on Percy and Ginny and a little bit on Colin and Dobby and Lucius. Like, I think that these were characters that we didn't get to spend time with before. So the final question that I have for you yeah. is about the next book. <clears throat> oh, yeah. What yes. are you looking forward to with Prisoner of Azkaban? The most obvious first answer out of my mouth is going to be meeting Remus Lupin. Mm -hmm. Lupin is one of my favorite characters in the series. And then also, I'm really excited to analyze this book chapter by chapter because I think that there's a lot of stuff that's forgotten about in book three mm -hmm. because it's overshadowed by Sirius and Dementors and the Time Turner and I think that it'll be cool to see the details that we're looking over again. Yeah because there were so many things that kind of came to the surface in reading this book <clears throat> and these books are getting longer and more complex from here on out. I am totally interested in seeing what I missed from the last time. Yeah. As we get deeper into the series too, I'm become less and less familiar with them as well. I just don't recall as much information as we Well, they're all in. also longer and more detailed. Yeah, and they compound upon one another. They really do. I'm also really, really excited to take a step back from Voldemort for a minute. Like, yes, the whole hero versus villain thing between him and Harry is very important. But in this book, we get a little vacation from that and get a little bit more into Harry's backstory, the focus on him. I think, yeah, new characters. I'm always interested in Lupin, Trelawney, obviously. Buckbeak, Sirius, some of the magical nonsense, like the Night Bus and Dementors, the Time Turner, of course, the Marauder's Map. Like that comes oh, in. Yes. And, and Hogsmeade, of course we love Hogsmeade. I think that overall, too, I talked a little bit more about how the first book is introductions and it's a little sweeter and it very quickly turns into this dark thing in the second book. And book three, I think, is a nice combination of the two. Yeah. The Dementors bring in some of that darkness, the unknown storyline concerning Sirius, bring in that magical element of like Hogsmeade and things like that, I think, add a really nice richness to it that bring it back a little bit I more agree. like light. So this, I believe, is my favorite book. Probably my favorite movie, too. It's a lot of so, people's favorite book. Yes. I'm really, really excited for it. I, I think it's going to be really fun to yeah. look at this book. We've come basically to the end of the episode, but we have some things to discuss. Okay. Data. Some data. Yeah. Here's the moment that we've all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen. It is the final Neville counter. How do you think you did? Mm. Make a guess. 30. 
You're not even close. Okay. Drum roll, please. Um, bad at drum rolls. Put a sound effect in there. I just want to hear your drum roll. No, with your mouth. No, I can't do it. Oh, come on. Like that's like a what? I can't. Okay. The final Neville counter number is seventeen. Oh. I'm really disappointed. This is not a Neville book. Yeah, I know. Joke's on me. Originally it was 16 and then you mentioned Neville once this episode. And basically at this point it's like, well, I announced it's 17. So you can say Neville now all you want and probably won't be counted. I should have made it a Ron Weasley counter and an I Hate Snape counter. Will the Neville counter be coming back for this third book? I don't know. We'll see. Tune in for season three of Basic Snitches. Um, bound to be really fucking basic. We're becoming less and less basic. Well, that's our goal. What's a step above basic? I guess we're just going to have to reel it back and become less complex. Complex snitches. Yeah. Doesn't less really complex it. snitches. Anyways. No, it really doesn't. With Neville Counter out of the way, and before I get to points, who is the winner and loser of this book? I mean, I really feel like this is not a difficult one. The big Quinn Pomfrey! Quinn Pomfrey. Again, I don't ever get to have my thing. You always steal it. Go from ahead. Me. No. Go, bitch. What's who's the winner? Madam Pomfrey, apparently. No. No. Nope. You don't like <laughs> my winner. My loser of the book is Gilderoy Lockhart. Yes. Easiest. Yes. Easiest loser. Okay. In the whole fucking series, probably. And I'm going to give it to the trio. This is a really good book for all of them. Yeah. It wouldn't have ended the way that it did without all three of them, which again is the whole fucking purpose of the books. I love it. All right, I got a lot of data on points. I know you do. I have 27 levels of points. Jesus Christ, okay. I know. Last book we had <clears throat> only 19. Uh, 27 with negative 225 points is Gilderoy the true Lockhart. loser of this book, Gildory Lockhart. 26, negative 210, Tom Riddle slash Voldemort. 25th place, negative 175, Lucius Malfoy. 24th place, negative 100, The Basilisk. 23, negative 95, Draco. 22, negative 30, Vernon Dursley. 21, negative 25, Petunia Dursley. At 20, we have a four-way tie with negative 20 points. Argus Filch, Colin Creevy, Lawn Gnomes... And Sir Patrick Podmore. Yeah, fuck that guy. Very 19th place, negative 15, Percy Weasley. 18, negative 10, Olive Hornby. 17, we have a tie with negative 5 points, Penelope Clearwater and Severus Snape. (laughs) I like that one because they're so even, you know. At 16, we have our break even. So someone that I gave points to and then took them away so they're at zero, it's Peeves. Oh my god, that's right, this is the book where Peeves got points. Yeah, 15. We have a 12-way tie with 5 points, and that's Cuthbert Binns, Dobby, Ernie McMillan, Fang, Phileas Flitwick, Fingernail Witch, Hannah Abbott, Justin Finch-Fletchley, Mr. and Mrs. Granger, Mrs. Norris, Oliver Wood, and the Whomping Willow. At 14, we have a 3-way tie with 10 points, Ford Anglia, Fred Weasley, and Neville Longbottom. At 13, we have 15 points with George Weasley. At 12, we have three-way tie with 20 points. Arthur Weasley, Hedwig, and Nearly Headless Nick. At 11, we have a tie with 25 points. You and me, baby. Oh, yeah. At 10, we just got beat out by Moan and Myrtle with 30 points. 
That's fucking rude. Nine, a tie for 35 points, are the Quens, Sprout and Pomfrey. I love those bitches. At eight, we have a tie with 55 points, Fox and Rubius Hagrid. And now here we are with the top seven, and there are no more ties. No. Seventh place, Molly Weasley with 40 points. Yes, bitch. Sixth place, Ginny Weasley with 45 points. Five, McGuh with 60 points. Fourth place, who do you think it is? Ron. No. Dumble. Quen oh. Dumble with 80 points. <laughs> Three. Who do you think it is? Is that one Ron? No, it's Hermione. Hermione, Ron P. Hermione out. Her, by, yes. Hermione, 85 points at three. Ron is at two with 90 points. Just beat her out. And Harry wins by a landslide with 275 points. So unlike the last book where Christmas won. Right? Christmas didn't make a big enough impact in this no, book. No, not, not this one. But the trio's in the top three, followed by Albus Dumbledore and Minerva McGonagall. I feel like that feels That's correct. That's kind of great. I like it. By House. <clears throat> First place is Gryffindor. Yay. With 800 points. Well, that included my 25, didn't it? It, it sure did. <laughs> Two is Hufflepuff. Oh. Isn't that amazing? They're at second place with 85 points. Yes. It goes from 800 to Do we to know what house that Quen Pomfrey was in? Yeah, Hufflepuff. She was Hufflepuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So obviously the Quens really contributed to that. Most of their points were them because they got 70 points together. And those were the only two houses that got any points. Everyone else is in the negative. So... <laughs> Miscellaneous and Unknown is negative 40. Muggles and Squibs are negative 75. Ravenclaw is negative 195. Slytherin is negative 455. Now, I also have overall average scores. Slytherin got... 25 points you just also fucking the basilisk the, the basilisk everything you you worked so hard for those points i know for and no reward motherfucking the malfoys getting up in my grill <laughs> and tom riddle and shit okay so overall average by the books this is something i will probably do for all of the books sixth place is still slytherin they are at an average of negative 61 average points at fifth place is Ravenclaw with an average of negative 49 points. Fourth place is Muggles and Squids with an average of negative 22 points. Then is Miscellaneous Unknown at third place with an average of 8.7 points. Two is still Hufflepuff with an average of 20 points. And Gryffindor at number one with 64 average points. I did not include Natalie in there. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like... If I put Natalie in there, then... Slytherin would be fourth place above Muggles and Squibs, and Ravenclaw wouldn't be in second place because we'd have an average of 5.555555 repeating indefinitely. Mm. But like I said, I put this in Excel, so this I got bitch, a lot of ways. This bitch, loves his data. So the other thing that I have here is the best and worst of each category, and I want you to guess. Okay. Who do you think is the best Gryffindor right now, overall? Well, it should be me, but I guess it's Harry. It's Harry with 405 points total. Okay. Who's the worst Gryffindor? It's either Percy Weasley or Dumbledore. No. Definitely not Dumbledore. Dumbledore's way up Dumbledore there. fucked up in the first book. No, um, he got positive points. He left an infant on a doorstep. Please. But he did some good episode. things to Beach. Um, Hagrid? No. Negative 20 to Colin Creevy. The worst Gryffindor. The worst Gryffindor. Not even fucking Percy Weasley. Okay. Who's the best Ravenclaw? Mm. Well, worst is Gilderoy Lockhart. Yes, you're right. He got negative 225. Okay. So far, he has gotten the worst points than anybody. Moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle with 30. That's Yay right. me. I figured it out. Who's the best Hufflepuff? 
Oh my God! Is it Pomfrey? It's Quinn Pomfrey. Okay, forty-five. Oh, does she, she have more than Sprout? Yes. Okay. She wasn't even really in the first book, but I still get your points. <laughs> Who's the worst Hufflepuff? It's a three-way tie, and it's not negative points. Oh, then it's Ernie, Justin, and Hannah. Yes. The only other Hufflepuff that got points was Professor Sprout. <laughs> Yeah. So they're doing pretty good. Good job, Puffs. Who's the best Slytherin? You. Absolutely. 35 <laughs> points. This is some shit. I'm not including Natalie because she would have been with 600, but... Well, you're the fuckers giving her 600 points. Whatever. And yourself only 25. It's me. Sorry, Natalie. Fuck you. The worst Slytherin? <laughs> Come on. Is it... Is it Tom Riddle? Yes. Okay. Tom Riddle slash Voldemort. Listen, Mega like, Draco lost a fucking lot of points in the first book. Gilderoy Lockhart is five points under Voldemort. <laughs> Muggles and Squibs. Oh, God. Who is the best? You're never going to guess this. The best? Yes. You're never going to guess. I'm just going to tell well, you. Well, the worst, hold on. The worst is Vernon Dursley. Yes, with negative 115. Okay, the best. It's a four-way tie. Is it negative? No, but they all got five points. And this is between both books, remember. Mrs. Fig. That's one. I'm just going to do it. We're going to be here all night. The Grangers. Oh, yes. You just gave them points. The front desk guy of the hotel. Of the hotel, yes. And Zoe Wanamaker, the actress. (laughs) And then Miscellaneous Unknown. What's the best? Christmas. Yes, with 200 points. And the worst is? It's a creature. The Basilisk? The Basilisk with negative 100. And that's everything. I did really good on that guessing. I you should get good. extra points. No. I should get extra points so that I'm better than Harry. No. That would require serious. me giving you like 400 points. I gave you a blanket. <laughs> you also drank all my vodka. If I give you 400 points, I have to give myself 400 points. Because you better know that I'm not going to make this uneven. But here's the thing. You're still not going to catch up from all the fucking Slytherins who suck. I mean, it would help. <laughs> that was fun, though. That like is that. Chamber of Secrets. We did it. We I did liked the whole that thing. way more than I remember. And I've always liked it because I'm not like, ugh, I hate that book. Yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely was so much better than I expected. And yeah, I'm really excited to dive into The Prisoner of Prisoner Azkaban. So, Adam's favorite book. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll see. Who knows? After this is all done, things could be all up in the air. I mean, I could more fondly remember Chamber of Secrets. You never know. We're going to take a couple weeks off and come back to you on April Fool's Day. We really will. That's not an April Fool's joke. And that will be our 40th episode for chapter one of Prisoner of Azkaban, which is called... Hang on, I wrote it down. I actually prepared... Wait, where is this? Oh, maybe I wrote it down and then got rid of it. Damn it. It's it's something about, like, it's not the worst birthday. No, hold on. We'll do it. Chapter one of Prisoner Azkaban. Fat Fat Bitch bitch Ants. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. Just kidding. (laughs) What is it? Owl post. Owl post. It was, it was definitely in a note that at some point you had. Yeah, I know. I got rid of it. Whatever. So yeah. Chapter two is big fat ass and who we fucking oh, hate. Oh yeah. Big fat ass who we fucking hate. That's what it's called. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I paraphrased. And Marge's big mistake, aka asshole big fat ant we hate. Yeah. Or whatever <laughs> you just said. That sounded like you had cotton balls stuck in your mouth. <laughs> I'm surprised to have a voice after this. Well, keep in touch with us on social media. Send us emails. And Sambuca. And Sambuca. Yes. Send us presents and emails. And we'll catch you on April Fool's Day. Bye. Bye. Have a blessed day.
Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by Adam Bowers. And published by Tara Corkery via Podbean. And now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us. We hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice. And if you didn't enjoy us, then we're sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch Catch you later, snitches. snitches!